an Arse Brothers production. Follow us on Twitter at The Arse Brothers. Get all our content on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, and SoundCloud at Arse Bros. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to smash that subscribe button. Well, hey, welcome to it. <laughs> Uh, an edition of Thursday Night Live and a podcast that's on the Arse Brothers, whatever. <laughs> Sorry, I can't stop smiling. I've just watched Tottenham. <laughs> uh, Liam's joining me tonight. Hello, hello, mate. How are you? I'm good, thanks. My eardrums have just burst because that's the first time we've played it. Um, whatever that intro is, it comes right through my eardrums. <laughs> it's fucking loud. Well... <laughs> What can I say? Sorry, I, I'm in control of the buttons tonight. Look at the state of me. Somebody, I did, um, <laughs> I uh, I stood in for Max on uh, the uh, Ask Brothers OG show uh, earlier in the week uh, with Toby. A really good hour-long chat we had uh, about the Tottenham game. Really, really good. But um, I, somebody posted a comment while I was watching that. Doesn't, doesn't Darren look smart in the mornings? Because I was all combed here. I'd just come out of the shower. Now, this is it. This is, this is. Not nearly not real, Darren. This is this is me. <laughs> now I know why Max wears a hat on a on the morning shows. I really should I really should have thought this one through. And I did leave us forty five minutes in between the end of the Arsenal game and the start of. Uh, the start of um, this podcast because I thought that would give me enough time to go and have a shower, get ready, do some notes. But when I see Spurs were drawing, <laughs> the, the channel just you, went you over just, to that. So, so. There's no other option, is there, really? Let's be honest. As uh, we've already got a comment in as as DJXU bug fifty, that's a tough one. Come on, look at Delhi Guna doesn't really <laughs> represent me anymore, but at uh, did you? Somebody can tell with that. He's just said those beautiful words. It's happened again. It's happened again. <laughs> Tottenham Hotspur. It's happened again. <laughs> Sorry, Leo, I'm going to tell you a story. I know I will let you talk in a minute. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just buzzing. Um, I got well, I, I mentioned this probably on some podcast somewhere down the line, but um, when I was living in uh, India and I was uh, part of the Arsenal Delhi Supporters Club and we had a beautiful bar we used to go and watch football in, really fabulous bar um, in a shopping centre but they used to shut it for Arsenal and you'd get anywhere between about 10 and 100 depending on the game, would turn up and watch and uh, that that game has got me three seasons ago now, four seasons ago, it was the Leicester year where um, I think we we finished above Tottenham. Anyway, they were well ahead of us in the last game of the season. Uh, they lost 4 or 5-1 at Newcastle. We had a comfortable home win. And uh, we started, I talked these Indians, there was about 100 of us in the bar, and I talked them that song, It's Happened Again, It's Happened Again, Tottenham at Osfer, It's Happened Again. And we got barred. We never found a good bar for the last <laughs> two years I was living in India. I feel really guilty about that because they uh, they kicked us out. <laughs> but it's I mean, again. <laughs> I mean, it's probably it must be worth it to be able to sing a song like that. I mean, it does. You you, you trade it. You you just can't resist singing that. It, it's got to be worth it though, right? Yeah, honestly, I mean, those of you out there, I don't know who's listening tonight. I think everyone's just gone on the piss. Who wants to listen to a podcast live when you can just go and enjoy it? That's what I'm going to do very, very soon. This may be the shortest podcast in the history of podcasting because I just want to go and have a beer, celebrate. Uh, <laughs> Liam, you're English, aren't you? You're very young. Mm -hmm. But are you aware of the soap opera that's called Emmerdale? I'm aware of it. Yeah, yeah. There's it's the extent in, of my in, knowledge. No, no. I mean, to be fair, I've, I don't think I've ever watched an episode, but it's been running for hundreds of years, it's like Coronation Street and EastEnders. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, one of my West Ham mates has been taking a piss out of us and Tottenham on our WhatsApp group saying, oh, you're in the Emmerdale Farm Cup, you know, because, you know, West Ham are now up in the elite <laughs> and they're World Cup winners and all that. And yeah, he, yeah. he posted a great comment. That's what made me watch the Tottenham game. when it Obviously, it had gone 2-0 because I, I saw a, a message come through and he said, it's all kicking off in the wall pack, which was the pub in Emmerdale. I thought that was a great line. <laughs> <laughs> it's all kicking off in the wall pack. Uh, why not sentiment? He's joined us. You slags, you slags, you slags Tottenham. That's the song as well. <laughs> Sorry, I can't believe how happy I am at the... Oh, wait, you Arsenal it's... fans out there. I don't know who's listening, but you Arsenal fans, and Liam, I hope you weren't one of them. I'm pretty sure you weren't one of them. But those of you that wanted 
Jose Mourinho to be manager of Arsenal Football Club. You weren't one of them, were you, mate? No. Oh, there was. A bit I, of I was one of those that was start. That was one of those that was like Emery is so bad. I'll consider. I'll consider most things at that point, but that's as far as it went. As I've said many times, I think the very fact that the man I hate most in football, who argued with Vengo, who had the, the sign over us when he was manager of both Chelsea, Manchester United, you know, he always seemed to beat us. Wenger had a terrible record against him. You know, mm-hmm. he, he, he's a man that I hate more than any other man in football. And when he goes to Tottenham, that is it. The Tottenham, you know, and Mourinho mix is is just. Oh, sorry, got to turn my phone off. The uh, the Tottenham uh, Tottenham Mourinho mix is like karma. It's just like karma, you know. The worst thing in the world going to the worst team in the world, and it's just beautiful. Just... And I'm just so worried that he's going to get sacked after this performance. I'm just so worried because <laughs> the longer it lasts, and I love the the uh, the commentator today he said something like um. Um, obviously, if they lose today and be in seventh in the league table and out of the FA Cup, obviously they have got a, a big final to look forward to. A big final. We've, the we've been playing our kids in that competition for 20 years. Come on, big final. Was it Jermaine Genus trying to find any slither of re- or a slither of sunshine somewhere? deep in that abyss that is Tottenham. <laughs> Maybe so. In fact, although our commentator, look, we do these things live and I am uh, a very amateur prof- uh, podcaster, I'm a very amateur broadcaster. I'm well aware of that. I'm well aware that I've said stupid things. I'm well aware that sometimes you lose track of what you're saying and you say stupid things. But I actually made a note today with the commentator in the Arsenal game, which I guess we'll get onto at some stage, uh, said Arsenal getting caught with cold feet. And I thought, getting caught cold, I can get. <laughs> Having, I didn't get that comment at all. Getting caught with cold feet. Mm. It is the UK. We are a British football club. <laughs> but getting caught with cold feet. I say you can get caught cold. And uh, I mean, Tierney must feet. like that. Tierney <laughs> must enjoy it. Ah, what a boy he is at the moment. Um, I still want to stay on Tottenham. I mean Tottenham. I mean because we we you know we we just we've just beaten them and not just beaten them. I know it was a close game scoreline wise, and I know ten minutes to go we were fucking terrible, really, 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 really terrible. Uh, you know, for ten minutes we panicked, and how we got away with not letting one in in that ten minutes of football. But if, but but for eighty minutes we played Tottenham off the park um, oh, yeah. in every every part of the the the. The pitch, you know, we really did. We were better. We were stronger. We had more energy. We won every second ball. Um, you know, it was a fabulous, fabulous performance for eighty minutes. So they've just lost and been played off the park by a mid-table Arsenal side, and uh, and now they've just got lost three 0 <laughs> in the Europa League in the Emmerdale Farm Cup. Gone. Talk to me, Liam. Hey. Whose coach, by the way, I've just been reading on Twitter, is in prison for fraud. Yeah, that's right. They announced it. I heard that in the commentary. Yeah, he starts a, starts a prison sentence tomorrow. You just can't write it, can you? There's not how just uh, yeah. That's yeah. great podcasting, isn't it? Um yeah, I haven't had quite enough time to digest it, apparently. All I can say is fucking here for it. Love it. Yeah, really, honestly. So that's their season. They've got um, the Carling Cup. Well, what's it called these days? Uh, the League, League Cup. Cup. Carabao something. Carabao. That's it. Carabao are the, uh, the current sponsors. I've just mentioned that with our thousands and thousands of listeners. Carabao, send me whatever you do. What are they, an energy drink? I'm not sure. Yeah, they're really off-brand Asian energy drink. I tried them once. I managed to find it in some weird tiny corner shop in a very small village out in the middle of nowhere. Um <laughs> When I lived in the UK, that is. I've never seen them over here. I've just seen a lovely comment from Ruthless Guna. Um, nice to see you, Ruthless. Uh, Jose, Jose should be in prison for being a fraud. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought it. it. I wasn't sure if I was going to say it. <laughs> Great comment. God, dear. Look at the state of my hair. Oh, 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 mind you, this does go as a podcast. Most people can't see me. I actually look beautiful. Well manicured. <laughs> Not a day over 80. So, what should we, I mean, I've got to say, when before the Tottenham thing happened, and I was in a real miserable mood because I just watched Arsenal. Did we lose in the end? I can't even remember. Was it one? Yeah, one nil. One nil. Yeah. I mean, that was um, was ninety minutes of my life. I'm really not ever going to get back. I mean, and I know it's a really, really difficult. I say really difficult. It's a it's it's a mentally a tough situation to go into a game where you know that as long as you don't lose three nil or lose by three clear goals. 
you're going through. So I guess there's a an element of stick or twist. What do we do? But mm. God, we didn't know what to do, did we? And they thankfully they were rubbish. Yeah, I, I've got this saying that I, I, I mention it to my girlfriend all the time is that you just never ever can underestimate Arsenal's ability to make life so difficult for themselves. Um <laughs> I, I guess I mean I've got all these thoughts going, I haven't quite digested, I guess, yet, but it's the, the thing that springs to mind is we're just not ruthless. Um yeah. I think all we've got to do is play our game and when a chance comes, take it, um, get the first goal and you, you really cruise the rest. Um, oh, Bamiyang was dreadful tonight. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to go too in on, on individuals and whatnot. We're not that sort of podcast as you like to mention every week. Um, no, but no, it was... I think you have to call a spade a spade sometimes, you know. I mean, he was, yeah, yeah. you know, he's, uh, he's, he's, he doesn't add much to our team if he isn't scoring goals. And yeah. uh, at least he's getting in pos the positions, you know, very good chance right towards the end. And, you know, the, the run that he made to get onto that chance that you're talking mm. about that he missed, at least he's getting into those. He's just lacking a bit of confidence, I think, at the moment. But I would quite happily have had Lacazette in there, he, you know, and I thought that was a substitution when the game was going a bit away from us in the second yeah. half put somebody on who can at least try to hold the ball up. He's not the best in the world at doing it, but he's much yeah, even, better than a Bamiyang. Yeah, even just a focal point, somewhere you know that you can just bounce off and work your way up through the pitch a little bit. Um, I, I'm totally with you. I'd have brought Lacazette on probably at half-time, to be honest. I think it was quite clear by half-time, or Bamiyang's not in this game. It's not a game that suited to him. Rest his legs, keep him for West Ham. Yeah, I mean, we're, um, obviously, obviously we're going to talk about it. I just thought of something, Liam, that, you know, I mean, I'm so excited coming onto this pod. Those of you who are tuning in, listening out for the wonderful dulcet tones of Max. Of, Max, of course, isn't here. Max is ever-present. Max yeah. is, is always here. Um, but Max has become a dad. I mean, Max oh, has been allowed to procreate. <laughs> <laughs> Max, congratulations for everybody here at Thursday Night Live. Really, really pleased for you congratulations and all that sort of stuff um responsibility <laughs> parenthood adulthood he's, he's fucked <laughs> <laughs> his life's gone <laughs> now really really from nice. all of us really really congratulations to you he was actually hoping to jump on tonight he said uh he'd uh he tried to jump on but uh Obviously, he's been. Up, he sent me that message at the equivalent of about three o'clock in the morning. Uh, so obviously, he was up. I doing. think there's a, yeah, I think there's something in the house keeping him awake at night every Sunday. Yeah. So let's go back to tonight. Um, um, there was a few changes he made. Um, you know, we, we've got pretty much everyone fit. I think at the moment, everyone's uh, and we're playing well. I mean, we're fragile, aren't we? I, th I think I've said it to you a couple mm. of times now. We're people ask me, you know, Arsenal, are you that rubbish? Are you tenth? in the table for a reason you know the first half of the season was was terrible you know really really terrible uh, and we struggled to score goals we defended well but we struggled to score goals and that hasn't actually improved that much but I mean since Christmas the the football that we're playing as a side we can start to see what start what what he's trying to do Arteta and at times we are fabulous to watch and what I've been saying to people is we're good and I think in six to twelve months we're going to be very good but we are so fragile. And I think that's the key. We've got a mistake in us. We've got a nervousness in us. Um, so so when we when he picked that team tonight, everyone's fit. You sort of think that we'll just continue to play the same sort of way. But it just didn't work tonight, did it? Um, what did you make of that lineup? Oh, Nenny in for, for party, I guess. Uh, Ceballos in for Erdegaard. Um, Bellerin in for Cedric. And Aubameyang in for Lacazette. They were the four changes I think he made. I wasn't worried about most of it. I mean, Elneny really wasn't worried about. I think that's the one a lot of people will question. But when you you were right, it's like, what do you do when you're 3-0 up and you've just got to not lose by three? Do you stick with your twist? And Elneny kind of isn't really either. So he's just the one that will keep things moving. And that's all you really need to do. So I, I was kind of glad to see Elneny in there, if anything. Um, Sabahs was the interesting one because we've had our chats up. Uh, with Scunny, I think it was about Sabas. Um, uh, he he had a shocker, frankly. You you saw the difference night and day between him and when Odegaard came on afterwards. Um, it, it was night and day. Um, so 
I I didn't worry about it too much bar the Sabios thing pre-game. And that's kind of how it panned out as well in the end. Uh, Aubameyang struggled in the end. Um, but as you, you rightly said, he gets in the spots. Uh, El Nenny was fine. Didn't do anything wrong. It, it was fine. Nothing more, nothing less. Sabios really struggled. Um, but it was the only concern I had. I'm going to have to, I've, I've asked you this question, you and Max, uh, more often than I care to. I'm an Arsenal fan. You know, I'm a very positive Arsenal fan. I want all of our players to do well. But it doesn't mean I don't find, you know, reasons to criticise. And please tell me what, what everyone sees in this £50 million Thomas party, because I still haven't seen anything that's making me think he's uh, he's um, he's setting the world alight. You know, he's he doesn't seem to want the ball. Um, today, he keeps pointing to other places for the players to put it to. When he came on, that's when we sort of collapsed. When Elneny was in that position, the goalkeeper could roll it out to him and you know that Elneny will turn either way and, and keep possession. Party lost the ball two or three times in really crucial areas where he's trying to play himself past people on the edge of the area. Tell me, tell me what... Look, and I am going to say again, I'm really, really hoping that Thomas Party becomes a superstar for Arsenal Football Club. I really hope he does. But I still haven't seen any of it yet, really. You know, a couple of good games in 12, 14. Poor tonight when he come on. Uh, yeah, he struggled tonight. Um, I don't quite know what this is about the giving it away under pressure because I had him down as a very press-resistant type central midfielder. Um, when he plays well, the things that stand out to me is how effortless and easy uh, he seems to make a lot of things. Uh, sometimes it does go back, sometimes it goes so sideways, but he goes forward and he drives it forward. It's, it's with this no, no, purpose no, no. that we... That's that, I guess that's what I'm trying to say, is that that's what everyone keeps telling me. And when I watched him tonight, you want him to run with the ball when he's in the middle of the park. Not when you're on the edge of the area, when he was trying to beat players, but when he was in the middle of the park, his first action was to turn and play a short ball sideways. There's there's a real lack of confidence, it feels to me, in, in him at the moment. And yet he's come from four years playing under Diego Simeone. You would think he he's a £50 million player. You would think that he is at the top of his game. We've bought a player at the prime part of his life where he should be flying. And yet he just doesn't seem to fit at the moment. Is it your birthday, by the way, Liam? It is indeed. Happy <laughs> birthday. I didn't know that. Thank Blimey. you. And you're doing a bloody podcast on your birthday with your wife, with your girlfriend in the same room. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a cat there, literally there asleep um, as well, just to make matters fun. So when he wakes up, I'm sure he'll want to try and say hello. <laughs> it's Arsenal. I, I, I like, I haven't got much. I've had a day at work as well. Tomorrow I've got a nice day off work and chill and just do things. So tomorrow's my the, the celebration, so to speak. See, I'm throwing um, you off now, aren't I? Because I'm throwing from yeah, one Yeah, you're just trying to. <laughs> yeah. yeah we, I was talking about to how keep... bad Thomas Party is. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, tonight he wasn't great, of course. Uh, he gave the ball away very cheaply, which I never had him down as a sort of player does that. It's just a bit strange. Um, I wonder how full fit he is. Um, how fully fit, <laughs> yeah. I should say. That was good English. Um because at the end, I thought he was excellent, excellent against Spurs. And I think one of the things right, that well, stands look, out to me... I just told you that. Excellent against Spurs. Last As 10 I'm minutes. About to. Oh, it was minutes, awful. Last 10 minutes. I was awful Glenn, the last 10. We want a £50 million defensive midfielder yeah. who we have got so much faith in. When he puts that ball behind for a corner from 40 yards. You know? was yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it, and I know you're saying because he's a fifty million pound player that we bought. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, in the prime prime age, so to speak. Um, so I know you're expecting it, but it's not like he was the only one in that team. It was dreadful against us for eighty minutes. He was excellent, and I think he flagged as he lost fitness. I think he lost just that extra seconds that he uses to to skip, and he does this very. Wilshire thing in a different way but the Wilshire had this tendency to make you think like it's in a spot where you can get it and party and Wilshire would just take it away like they sort of give you the sniff give you the sniff and then gone he's past it before you've known it that's his trick that's his number one skill um, and he does it in very few amount of touches where Jacques and Sabios take a long time to do a lot of the things that they try to do party does it much quicker and sometimes he loses the ball doing it because he's taking a risk and he's taking risky passes when he does the forward movements. 
Um, but I like the way he does it quickly. It's the speed of thought that he's trying to do it at. Um, and it just is this real knack for making you think you've got it and then take it away from you. And as soon as he does it, the opponent's out of the game. And he does it brilliantly. Um, that, that That's what I love about him. Yeah, I mean, I, I, this is what I've been told. I just haven't seen that much of it. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's had, had one or two good games. But if you watched Arsenal, if you were from out of space and you were told to watch Arsenal, um, I would say that Xhaka has been our... Forget tonight. I thought Xhaka was hopeless tonight. But Xhaka, for the last two months, has been our best player. You know I mean? Consistently, in, in everything he's done, he's been a leader on the pitch. He's... Uh, his pass completion percentage is huge compared to what it was. His forward passing is good. And what do people say? Uh, well, it's because he's playing alongside Party. That's why Xhaka's suddenly gone better. Then Party gets injured. Xhaka continues. Whoever he's alongside, whether it be Ceballos or or, um, or, or El Nini, Xhaka's been really consistently good. And yet, if you if I say that now, Xhaka has been our best player for the last two months. You get loads of abuse to say Xhaka's useless, and and yet Party's fabulous. You just got to watch these games, and and it's just frightening for me that um, that we we just suddenly decide that this player is the best in the world, this player is the worst, when the evidence of your eyes should be able to tell you something different. Yeah, I don't think we're at, we've seen the best of Party yet. I really don't. I, I've I've seen enough to tell me he's a fantastic player and our best central midfielder. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, he's our best central midfielder. Um, isn't form wise, maybe not. Um, but I think he's the best central midfielder at the club comfortably. Based on what? Um, based on what? Based on I, based on what? How well he moves that ball? How? Yeah, he's. I think the mistakes he's made that that seem very, are very obvious mistakes, and that really paints a picture that's difficult to see him in such a, a good light. I I think of Busquets in the same way, in that Busquets was very quietly brilliant. Uh, I can't remember who did. Was it Pep Guardiola who said, "If you watch a game of football, you don't notice Busquets. If you watch Busquets, you see the whole game of football." And parties sort of resembles that for me. When I watch Party and I watch only Party, oh, he does some wonderful stuff. He really, really does. He, he's fabulous the way he just takes that ball away from you. The way he, he's got such a variety of passes, he can whip over the top, uh, flow to it, or sort of uh, that sort of flat uh, ping of diagonal. He's got a lot in his locker and he can do it. And I just don't think we've seen the best of him yet. Right. I, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. As I said at the very start, I really hope I see mm. it. I really, really hope I see it. It's just that I've seen little flashes of it, but consistently it looks off the pace of the Premier League. It just, he doesn't look like he's got to that pace of our game. And, uh, you know, he's only been here a, a short period of time and he's had a lot of that time out injured. So I'll always give him a season to get used to it. I just, I'm just, we're in March. You know, it's middle of March. The season's nearly over. He's been with us a season. And you would think by now there would be some consistency in his play. The other one that that worries me, and and I I, I love him, and uh, the the clearance off the line or or the sh- from Kane's shot against Tottenham is Gabriel. Mm. Gabriel uh, just looks a nervous. He looks like Kalasniak for me on the ball. You know, he, he's 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 just panics. You know, and I so um I, I watched tonight's game with a Chelsea fan, and uh, he said. Uh, he said, "Oh, is that Kalazan? Um, sorry, Kashelny, not Kashelny. Who played Socrates? Who played for? <laughs> is that Socrates who plays played for you?" And I said, "Yeah, he's he's pretty good." And I liked Socrates. He said, "Why did Arteta get rid of him?" And I said, "Well, I don't know, but I would guess that we had eight centre halves, nine centre halves in the club, and he's an old dog. You know, you can't teach him how you want to play. He plays in a certain <laughs> fashion, and he seems to have gone with you know the younger Mari holding." Um, to play alongside Louise. He's kept Louise with his experience and his talent. Um, but when I see Gabriel in a panic, like, again, against Tottenham last 10 minutes, that one that he just hit 40 yards up in the air in the penalty area. Mm. But we, you know, is there any sense of fear from you that Gabriel's not going to be as good as we hoped he would be? I mean, um, I love the fact he's a big, strong yeah. lump because we needed one of those. Yeah, I think on the ball, I do worry a little bit because I thought he was better on the ball than what I've seen of him at Arsenal. Uh, I'm totally with you. Um, I also don't think he's quite got a proper partner yet because he does like to to squeeze the pitch and he likes to win the nick it off a striker on the halfway line. Whereas Louise holding and 
Well, Murray does it as well, but in, in a different way. It uh, does it with Gabriel, what Gabriel does on the halfway line in a different way. Um, but they tend to like to back off and sit deep and defend deep. And I don't think Gabriel does. So it's this clash of, of style. And because we've got more of the, the sitting deep defenders, it makes Gabriel stand out in not quite so good a way. Um, I don't worry too. I worry about the passing now because I don't trust him on the ball. But I also think it's a technical thing that can be coached. He's still he's younger than I am. He's twenty two, um, so I I don't worry in the long term about his passing ability. I think if he gets a partner that will also like to squeeze the pitch, likes to get up and nick the ball before you've even got it, I think we'll start to see Gabriel in a much better light as well. Because um, I I think he's got the attributes. I think he's really very good. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of things about being a central, <coughs> excuse me, lots of things about being a central defender that he's very good at. You know, I mean, mm. uh, that clearance again against Tottenham, he's going to go down yeah. in my and his... Arsenal folklore just because of that. But, um, you know, and but surely by the age of 22, when, you know, you've got to be either technically good or not. And the fact that Arteta has, without doubt, tried to build a side that wants to play out from the back, and then he's, you know, they've spent this money and, and bought a player who doesn't look comfortable receiving the ball from the goalkeeper. You know? Yeah, it, he looks it, a bit gangly is kind of the word I'd use to describe it. Well, you know how um, Kalazanac used to look very like a two-dimensional player, very square, you know, when he was mm. at left back. You know, when he, he just, he seemed to be very one-footed and turned a bit like a Charge and that you was, know? Yeah, yeah. It's a big lump. And that's the sort of thing I see with, with Gabriel is... He, he he plays the way he's facing because he doesn't have that technical ability to be able to take the ball. Now, look, playing as a central defender, you've got lots of uh, different things that you need to have to become a good player. Mm. And he's, you know, good in the air. He's very solid. But he just frightens me to death when, uh, when we're playing that from the back. Yeah. Yeah. I, I worry about it as well. And you're right. Technically, you'd think he would be somewhat there by now, but it's also coachable. It's not one of those things like you can't teach someone how to be smart and use intuition you can coach that sort of stuff still so i don't worry about it so i've got a chance to play center forward for arsenal then do you think do you think it's too Who late knows? for me i mean the right we're scoring goals maybe <laughs> i always thought i could i used to always say up until i was about 45 i'd say i'll get 20 for this watching the invincibles team i could have scored 20 goals a season in that side honestly they were that good and i yeah uh, i could have <laughs> Me, at 45, well overweight, old, I still could have scored in that team. What did you make of um, the decision to drop the captain uh, before the game on Sunday? Um, it's on Aubameyang, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I, I, it's, if, if you're late, you've got to be punished. It doesn't matter who you are. And if you don't get punished for it, what sort of messages it send out to the likes of Smithrow, Odegaard and Saka, who did start? all under the age of 22, I think, 22 and younger. So what sort of message does it send to these three guys who are hungry to start when they think they can get away with turning up late and doing and just being a bit lazy, a bit, yeah. bit too casual? Um, I, I, I don't think Arteta had a lot of choice and he had to drop him. doesn't matter who you are. And that, that's on Aubameyang. The, the ironic thing is he's got a, a whole garage full of, of, of super cars, hasn't he? He's a real... <laughs> <laughs> should have taken long, should it? <laughs> but he's a real, real petrol head, isn't he? I mean, he, he he's, he's apparently, he's, you know, not just got one Lamborghini, he's got five. You know, he's all he's, gold he's, wrapped. He's, and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you think uh, with those sort of cars, he could get to the ground on time. I mean, I, I tend to agree. I think it's uh, it obviously wasn't a first offence. You know, it's obviously something that's happened more than mm. once. Um, and as I said to Toby when we did the show on Monday, I sort of feel like um, Aubameyang, you know, he's, he's, he, he frightens me as captain. I've said it to you. You know, it, it frightens me that he's the best, mm. you know, because he, he doesn't appear to be a leader. That comment I made earlier in the season when he was uh, laughing and joking with the Manchester City players just after we'd lost. You know, that that that's not to me somebody who's hard. And he's got disciplinary issues at the last couple of clubs he's been at as well, I think, hasn't he? Um, so I think was... so at Dortmund it was reported, wasn't it? And there's a couple coming through. He hasn't really seen it at Arsenal, those disciplinary issues, but there's a few starting to trickle through it, it does seem like. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, everyone's human, you know. he's He's got mm. the right to, you know, we've all been late 
you know, <laughs> tell me a time when you haven't been late. But I guess when you're playing Tottenham and the manager says, right, be here at 12, you, you should be there. You're at there 12, at 12. You know? Yeah. You, you don't. I, yeah. I, I don't like the people. I, I've seen some people blame Arteta. Go, How can you leave him out for North London Derby? Whatever he did. But you can't blame Arteta for, for Aubameyang doing the wrong thing. I just, I can't wrap my head around that. It's, if you've done something wrong and you're punished for it, rightly punished for it, how can you blame the person giving out the punishment? That that's what that doesn't sit right with me. It, it's yeah. on Aubameyang fully, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, we just haven't got any great um, people in that squad really to take over as captain, have we? I mean, uh, we're stuck with Aubameyang now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, tonight was hardly a leader's performance because tonight was kind of one of those games where you needed somebody to stand up and go, lads, ain't good enough. We've got to respect the the, the game and we've got to up it. But what did I, I didn't, I just, the, now you've said it, the more I'm seeing it and it's annoying, but I can't help but see it now. At least I thought his attitude was good tonight. He worked hard for 45 minutes. He wasn't, you know, any, you know, he wasn't terrible. There wasn't, it wasn't a very good performance, was it? It wasn't a, a performance that led to lots of chances. It was a, as I said at the very start, we didn't know whether to stick or twist. Do you go out all gung ho and uh, do what Tottenham did, you know, and, and suddenly you 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 get knocked out of the competition because you go too outrageously attacking to try and kill the game off. If we'd have got caught like we did at exactly the same uh, time of the year against exactly the same side last season, you know, there, there was that fear factor. But when that goal went in, <laughs> you know, one more goal and then it's 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 back to that last 10 minutes at Tottenham, isn't it? And we could have found yeah, ourselves going out. If he scores that little flick uh, near the end from Martinelli's uh, cross, I mean, suddenly he looks at it, he comes out looking better than he than he... Than he does tonight, doesn't he? That's but, a lovely um, segue because I wanted to mention Martinelli. I don't know what Arteta he's done to upset uh, Mikel, <laughs> but he hasn't seen any football at all, has he? I mean, he's uh, no. He's I, it's a shame. I love him. I, yeah. I, I think I, I speak for every Arsenal fan when I say I can't stop watching this kid. He's so good. Yeah, it, it's just strange, isn't it? Because he's not got a look in when Willian has played quite a lot and Pepe's played a lot through bad form. You know, Pepe's come back into mm. it a bit recently, but uh, didn't play well for the first six months of the season. William was hopeless. And I know Martinelli was carrying an injury through a large part of that. But um, when you see him tonight come on, I say I was watching it with a Chelsea fan and he said, I said, don't you remember Martinelli from the Chelsea game last year? And he went, oh, yeah, that kid, yeah, but he's only a squad player, isn't he? I said, well, he scored about 11 in 10 games, you know, in his, in his run in the side mm. last year. And when Nketiah's gone off completely, isn't he? And Nketiah doesn't uh, feature at all anymore. For I played for the under-23s the other day. Yeah, uh, uh, Bamiyang and Lacazette um, are struggling to score goals. It just seems strange to me there hasn't been any chance for Martinelli to take that centre forward because, you know, we have got lots of choices on the left. Emil Smith-Rowe has been excellent in that position. Um, Sack has been excellent on the right. And Martinelli, I think his preferred position is down the centre or drifting to the left. So almost a like for like for Bamiyang, and yet just hasn't got any football at all. You know, not sure why Mikel doesn't like him. No, nor me. Um, I don't quite know what it is. I'm not sure if it's... I'm not willing to say yet that it's a case of Mikel doesn't like him because I know he signed a contract, a long-term contract, at the same time that Saka did or around the same time. I think it might have even been the same day. So that tells me you're looking at him not necessarily in the same light as Saka, but you're seeing those two players as your long-term future. And Mikel, we know, is heavily involved in that sort of stuff. So... I'm not willing to go to as far as saying that there's something that Mikel doesn't like in him. I think it is more that the Aubameyang thing is him and Martinelli are like for like, just as you said. Because I think he can play from the left. I like him as a centre-forward because he's actually quite good in the air. He's got a couple of really good headers for us. Um, and I wonder if he's, uh, Arteta struggles to see how he can get, you know, whatever we just said about the captaincy, his captain into the team along with a player that's nearly the same in Martinelli, but a bit less well-rounded in some aspects, in that he's a bit a bit loose and a bit um, a bit scruffy, I guess. 
Yeah, but, but but he's taken that chance, and maybe it was just one too many with Saka and Emil Smith Rowe. They're ever presence now. Mm. They're first choice players. You you would expect when you look at our first um, when our first eleven that go down on paper now, you would imagine Saka and Smith Rowe are in that side. But um, Martinelli didn't even make the bench against Tottenham. That was know. a surprise. I thought he was being left out mostly because I saw. Do you remember he also got injured? against I can't remember who it was but in the warm-up he, he had to withdraw through injury right. yeah and uh, there was a really good video by um, an Arsenal fan who's uh, a qualified doctor and all sorts and he did a piece that said well obviously I'm not there to assess him specifically but from what I've seen this could be explanations of the injury and that's why it's taking time and that had a merit for a while but then it kept going on a bit too long and yeah. it was a bit and yeah, I, I couldn't quite put my finger on what it is, but I think it largely is that he sees him and Aubameyang as like for like. And if you're going to pick one or the other, you're probably going to pick the guy that scored you 22 goals in the last two seasons as your captain. And the guy who's on £300,000 a week or whatever. You know? Yeah, that, that too. Um, I think, yeah, I, I do think Aubameyang's probably the short term and Martinez is the long term. I do hope Martinelli gets more minutes because like, I love watching him play so much. Well, the issue is if he doesn't, even under contract, you know, that doesn't stop someone coming in. If a player wants to leave the football club, whether they're under contract or not, you know, if he, if if he doesn't, if we don't see him or if we see the same amount of him towards, you know, as we've seen so far this season, at the end of this season, he's going to want to play football, you know, and do we really want to send a player with that much quality out on loan? Probably not. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, loan loan deals worked, I thought, really well. Ainsley Maitland-Niles, where do you go? West Brom, where he's mm. playing in his preferred position. Have you seen much of him play? Uh, no, I haven't. I've not heard that he's done... I've, well, I've heard that he's not really doing that well, though. I haven't have seen that, him. But... Should have taken that £20 million from Wolves when it was offered, shouldn't we? That was, uh, <laughs> Probably. And uh, the other one that's done out on loan that's doing very well is uh, Joe Willock, Willock. at uh, Newcastle. They love him by all accounts. He's, uh, he's, he's turned into a bit of a star and a bit of a cult hero up there. Yeah, he scored a goal on his debut, didn't he? I think. I just think they like I mean, he's he's, he's a quality player, Willock. Um, I like him a lot. I like him more than most Arsenal fans and I think he, he gets a lot of stick for his defensive game and I actually think he's, I give him a bit more credit for that side as well. And I've seen highlights of him at, at, at Newcastle and he looks very impressive. Um, now, whether he can replicate that for us in the way that Mikel plays, don't know. Yeah, but I think at least we. I was just going to say as well. At least, even if we don't see him for us, at least it's going to boost his value, and we get more now than we would have if we hadn't bothered sending him out online. Yeah, I mean, I think um, Mikel is has, has looked at that number ten position and has wanted an upgrade, which is why he's gone for Erdegaard. Um, because he, you know, he, he wants that. It, it, it's very important to the way that we play football that we have a really good number ten. And I think he's tried Willock there, didn't he? He tried Smith Rowe there, who mm. did very well. Um, but but Erdegaard has made a real difference, hasn't he? And this is where I'm talking about my. And it's not criticism of Thomas Party. It's just just a little bit disappointing that he's not being become, you know, as good as we hoped he would be in the time that he's been at the club. But Erdegaard's the other way round. You know, started relatively slowly, but week by week, he's becoming far more influential in our team and the way that we play football. Everything good seems mm. to come from him. It's like having a, a young Messer Erzl back almost, if I can say those words on this podcast. But He you know, who shall not be named. Well, it, it does feel a bit like that, doesn't it, to you? That yeah, he's, yeah. Uh, he, he's got that vision to go... He can drift past players really easily, that skill that Erzl had, that just drop of a shoulder and... Um, but he's also got an eye for goal, you know, which Ozil never really had. Ozil was a, a creator first and foremost, although he, he did score some goals. He was, you know, some fabulous goals as well. But he was first and foremost a creator. Whereas Erdegaard seems to be out of, he reminds me very much of a Wenger-style footballer where he's, if the team's in a better position, he makes the right choice. And I don't want to go overboard on Erdegaard because he had a really poor game two games ago, I think, uh, where he, but uh, against Tottenham and again, when he came on tonight, he just turned the game, did he not? Yeah, it was. it's night and day. And it really sort of... I felt like he was the difference maker. Where I was saying about Aubameyang, I don't think he led the team particularly well. Um, so I've got a cat trying to fall in front of the camera <laughs> for those watching live. <laughs> um, 
where where was I? Uh, Odegaard or Bamiang? So where Aubameyang um, for me didn't sort of drag the team through the mud, so to speak. Like he did his thing and he didn't play particularly well. I felt like Odegaard was saying, give me, I'm taking this and I'm going to drag us through this, whether you come kicking or screaming. Um, and I really liked that as well as he does the things that we, we've we seen from him already. It's just a bit of a shame he's absolutely allergic to shooting if it's within 30 yards of the goal. Yeah. And he had a good chance. But... I mean, Erdegaard, uh, back on him, he's the, uh, sort of also uh, very concerned that he's becoming one of our best players and he's not ours. Do you know what I mean? Uh, the better he plays, the less likely Real Madrid are going to want <laughs> to sell him or the more money it's going to cost, which we don't really have. It feels strange as an Arsenal fan with a top club like Arsenal having players yeah, on loan. here's the cap. Sorry. <laughs> See, Max, if you're listening, we can't get Liam to have an old episode without bringing pussy into it. I knew if it was going to come on the screen, that was going to happen. So, sorry, I've just ignored you for about a minute or so there. So, what were you saying? <laughs> I don't know. So, I think you were saying, sorry, Odegaard was the better he plays, the less likely we're going to get him, right? Yeah, I'm just it's a fearful for me that a club the size of Arsenal Football Club have players on loan. I mean, it's a new thing for me, Ceballos, uh, mm-hmm. Odegaard. We're the, we're, the, we're the size of club that we put our players out on loan. Uh, so it feels very strange to me as somebody who's been watching the club for decades that we actually are loaning players in and we're loaning top players in off of clubs that we're not as good as anymore. You know, Real Madrid's, we were really on a level playing field with those maybe 10, 15 years ago. And now we're 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 loaning their off-casts, you know, their outcasts. Can you say off-casts? Outcasts. outcasts so yeah. it just frightens me that we're we've got a player that, you know, is looking like a, he could finish the season being our best player and then he goes back to his home club. That's It's just a worrying situation for me, because then we've got to start again. Yeah, do you know how long he's got on his Real Madrid contract by the he summer? Because I want... Oh, has he? I was just... I'm trying to think of where we can sort of use, I don't know, a contractual situation to our advantage. I think we do seem to be leaning into him as much as he's leaning into us. So give him a lot of game time quite early on. And I wonder if that makes him feel quite good um, in the sense of... Um, I wonder if that helps in the sense of um, like because you see players for try to force moves quite semi-frequently these days don't you and I just wonder if maybe that can try to work in our favour somehow um, I, I'd I mean, love it yeah. if we can uh, and, I mean, and uh, we don't the Zidane situation might be interesting because I wonder if they'll end up with a binary choice of Zidane or Odegaard and I feel like Real Madrid might pick Zidane which might yeah, work. possibly. I mean, it's it's one to watch. Obviously, it really is because it's a it's a difficult situation. But he is. I think he signed a long term contract not long before he came to us, um, because obviously right. they, they want to, he's been at the club for six, what five years and been out on loan for four of them. So he's uh, and he's played what I think nine times for Real Madrid. So he's got to love getting first team football. He's got to love it. And if he falls in love with Arsenal, it's a pity the crowd aren't there because the crowd would make a difference. You know, we haven't had a, an opportunity for the crowd to to sing yeah. his name. You know, I mean, he's a, been a bit part player at Real Madrid, but he could become a hero at Arsenal and that might be the difference between him signing or not. But we're not there. I mean, I'm missing that more than ever at the moment. The, the, um, just not going to football every other week and getting sick and tired of watching football on television. You know, I guess... For people all over the yeah. world, you do it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess I'm also more used to it than you are, but I, yeah, the, it's a, a, it's one of those soft factors that I guess could also help if you can, uh, how much he sees it from the fans on social media, I don't know, but you can really feel it, it when you're when you're there and playing in front of the the crowd, and I, it, I feel like if we're going to try and keep him, uh, it's going to have to be all those little things that we do, and, and every little thing that we try to keep him on our side is really going to help us. And we've got to try everything that we can if we're to have a chance. Um, and I sincerely hope we do. The, the rate he's going at, I really hope he, we, we can we can pull it off. All right, one question. It's, um, it's not much more to talk about. The game was terrible tonight. I'm still <laughs> buzzing over Tottenham losing. Still buzzing over that. That's going to keep me going on up. I really want to go and have a beer. If you could, would you sell at the end of the season both Lacazette and Aubameyang to raise funds 
to buy a world-class striker that would fit more into the style of which Mikel Arteta is trying to get us to play? Oh, that's a good question. I know it's a good question. Because <laughs> I know Lacazette, 100% you would. Um, yeah, that's the easy bit. But... The issue is with that. I mean, look, and I did put some thought into this because I'm a big fan of Lacazette. I don't think he's been particularly good this year, but he works and he gives us a, a different way of playing. So he holds the ball up a little bit better, you know, than the Bama Yang. His scoring touch is terrible at the moment. I don't think he's had a particularly good season, but I, I like his effort. I like his work rate. And Bama Yang's been a bit part player. You know, he was terrible for the first three, four months of the season. He's back on form, but still missing chance after chance. I don't know if we'll ever be able to sell a Barry Yang because of the wages, you know, but if we could sell them, we are putting in, interestingly, against Tottenham, we put in 26 crosses and dominated the game. In the reverse fixture at the start of the year, when we lost 2-0, we put in 32 crosses and everyone said, oh, why don't we just keep trying to put crosses in and Tottenham are rubbish? You know, Tottenham are good at crosses and we can't put good crosses in and what's the point well we played exactly the same Mikel Arteta's game plan was exactly the same go down the wings put crosses in and eventually eventually we we scored you know we scored goals we created pressure mm. we created mistakes but none of those strikers um really fit into the pullbacks Lacazette either jumps over them or miss kicks them <laughs> You know, Aubameyang, yeah. really, you know, Aubameyang's very one-footed. Um, so if they come in from the left-hand side where Tierney's putting all these crosses, Aubameyang doesn't look natural. Um, it, it's a real fear for me that those two are really good strikers. So if we could get 80 million for the two of them, that would give us some money to buy someone. Yeah, I think it then begs the question is, will we also have enough um, because if you sell just Lacazette or just Aubameyang and you buy one very good striker, um, at least you do have options still. Um, if one's out of form, you can bring another in and hope they do better. Whether they do or not is another question. But if you lose both of them and you bring in a good, uh, in a potentially elite or a very good striker, um, if he gets injured or he, he doesn't pan out the way we expect... Who do we fall back on? Because Martinelli's Martin not been the one. To... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I'm saying, they... is he the one to start at centre forward? Where is where? Do because I don't know if he's going to start at centre forward or if um, he's going to start at left wing. That's the question. Yeah, right. But this is this is the issue because if you just sell one of Lacazette or Aubameyang, then is an elite. We only play one up front. So would you be able to mm. attract an elite? forward to our football club when Pierre Emerick Aubameyang is still at the club. Probably not because he well, might not... Potentially, potentially, because he's only going to have two years left on his contract. So you could see if you're buying a striker with the vision that he's, I don't know, let's say he's 22, 23, 24 years old, you're going to be a striker for the next five, six years at this football club. And Aubameyang's only got two years left. There's a long-term future for him at the club. He's got time to settle in, share minutes while he's learning the Premier League, whoever he is. You could yeah, make an I, argument that there's a future for him. Yeah, maybe. Um, last week to finish off, um, obviously I'm not very, although I'm on Twitter, I don't, you know, I said this on Monday. <laughs> uh, I got, a, I, I looked at Twitter because my name came up on something and I saw that there was a message from uh, Scunny, who we did the podcast with a couple of weeks ago, requesting, <laughs> asking if I'd like to be a guest on whatever one it was, Friday, Ask Rant or whatever. And, uh, I didn't even see that. It was the 26th of February. <laughs> I only saw it a couple of days ago. So I'm not very good on Twitter. So tell me, sum up, I haven't spoken to you for two weeks, what's been happening mm. in the Arsenal world in social media? Um, Who do we like? Who do we hate? What was the Tottenham reaction? Are we I don't know because I think so. Um, it's hard for me to tell because I, so I'm, I've mentioned enough times I'm autistic. I ain't got a fucking clue what how somebody's feeling when they're facing to face in front of me, let alone behind the screen. Um, I generally think it is positive. I think that most of the post-Tottenham debate was laughing at Jermaine Genius, laughing at Tottenham generally, and debating whether it was or wasn't a penalty. <laughs> what was your but view of penalty? Yeah, Stonewall. Stonewall. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, there's two... I don't want to get too much into it. I'm sure everyone's heard the debate. Um, there are two factors that make it potentially not a penalty. 
one, uh, who kicks who? Does Lacazette kick Sanchez? And I think, yeah, okay, Lacazette might make a movement towards Sanchez, but Sanchez equally makes a movement towards Lacazette. Whatever his intention, he still makes a move towards Lacazette and connects with him. And I also don't really care where the ball is because that's never been in the rules ever. Um, I, I just don't think they're enough of an argument. So Yeah, penalty. I certainly wouldn't call it Stanwall. I guess where my feeling was, was that A, if it had happened anywhere else on the pitch, it was a free kick. Mm-hmm. It was. You know, I mean, the guy's is a bit reckless jumping in. But B, if it had been given against us, I'd have been livid. <laughs> and I, think I would, that... I'd be livid at our player, whoever made the challenge, more than I'd be livid at the referee. I, I mean, I can be... say that now we've got the penalty. Uh, I know I can. Uh, and maybe that's just the benefit of us actually winning the penalty. But I really think I'd be moaning more at, I don't know, if it's, especially if it's Louise or someone who's made mistakes before, right? I'd be moaning more at him than the referee, I think. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I think it's just one of those that we all sort of feared it was a penalty because we were absolutely due a good decision. Don't you feel that? We were absolutely just yeah, yeah, due yeah. one good decision. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it, it swings and roundabouts. It, it was karma, I guess, in some ways, because Tottenham, fuck them, and us, thank fuck, something went for us. Uh, yeah. But another thing went in, well, I mean, I think it was the, the right decision, but... Another thing went our way later in the game with a red card. And for yeah. fuck's sakes, don't we half make a job of that? I mean, it's passed now. With the, with the results happen, everyone's disgusted. But bloody yeah. hell. And, and how did Harry Kane not get penalised for his assault on, you know... Uh, He's a disgusting player. I absolutely vehemently yeah, hate Yeah, but that, that brings a nasty round and a beautiful way to finish... Let's just have a few more minutes just to laugh at Tottenham. <laughs> I do have a quick question for you, actually, before on, we yeah. before we finish. Quick question. Um, Why are you gone off video, by the way? Because I've got cats running around the table everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just a quick question. I wanted to ask you, uh, what do you think of Tottenham? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, um, also, just uh, uh, what do you think of Shit? Tottenham. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> That's all right. Come on, you Arsenal. It's happened again. It's happened again. Tottenham Hotspur. It's happened again. an Ask Brothers production. Follow us on Twitter at The Ask Brothers. Get all our content on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, and SoundCloud at Ask Bros. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to smash that subscribe button.